This is No Love Live with Pastor Tim Warholic. Tim is the senior pastor of Paradise Calvary Chapel in Las Vegas, Nevada. morning. <clears throat> Good to see you all. We um, tried to make this trip. I, I, I really, I like to do missions and I like to travel and whatnot, but I, I really don't like missing Sundays. So we were able to make this trip where we flew out on Monday two weeks ago. We got back last night at 11 o'clock and um, it was a great trip. Um, thankfully, by the grace of God, I I've never really struggled with jet lag, so the team's here. We're good to go, and it's a special service today for for a few reasons. Um, but but first, I just want to throw this out there: we have um, done something a little bit different each year. Today is Paradise Calvary Chapel's sixth anniversary today. So, Amen. Six years ago today on Super Bowl Sunday, we started in our living room right down off of Pecos and Hacienda, and it just blows my mind the things that God has done in the last six years. I'm so privileged and blessed to be a part of it. And um, if you need a Bible, can you raise your hand, please, so that you can follow along with us in the Word? We're going to be in a couple different places in the book of Acts But as I mentioned, not only is it our sixth anniversary today, but also um, it is the Super Bowl. So I hope you guys are all rooting for the 49ers. And um, I just like to stir the pot. I don't care who wins. It's just that some of you feel so strongly about it that I have to comment. Who's the favorite anyway, the Chiefs? Because they've never won a Super Bowl before. <laughs> Sports. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I'm just teasing. Don't get mad, okay? So it's our sixth, an- uh, sixth anniversary. Um, also, again, I want to encourage you, you, those of you between the ages of 18 and, and 34 to come to the Expositors Collective. I'm going to be teaching one of those sessions. I'm going to be doing the uh, inductive Bible study session at that conference and, and when, when Pastor Sean says that it's 24 hours, we're not keeping you overnight at Calvary Chapel, Las Vegas. It starts at noon, 1 o'clock, goes until the evening, and then you go home, and then you come back the next day, and then we, we go until noon that day. So that is a, a, a huge blessing. Um, we're going to continue to be part of this Expositors Collective, teaching people how to exposit. And that word exposit means to expose or reveal God's word. People who want to learn how to dig in a little deeper and, and, and receive the exposure of God's word. So I want to encourage you to come to that. There's a sign up at the information station. And then another reason today's special is because um, we're making today a missions day. We, we really are, whether you want to agree with me or not, we really are a missions-minded church. We have a heartbeat for missions. And it doesn't have to be weird, like what's missions or what does missions look like. Missions really is just the last part 
of our series of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Really, it's just really simple. Remember, we went through our three-part series at the beginning of the year. Pastor Sean taught last week while we were over in Europe. And then this week, we're kind of going to come full circle and focus on on the end result. The, The first was the five different kinds of disciples that we were able to identify, what it means or what it looks like to be a disciple. And then the third one was spiritual maturity. You're not meant to be a baby forever, that you're supposed to grow up in your faith and and move on from the milk and chew meat and, and even teach others, make disciples, what we talked about two weeks ago. And, and then today, really taking that next step to not just making disciples or teaching or helping people in, in our own church context or even outside of our church context, but really on a global scale, going places where the gospel is just very simply not preached. And if you don't think that there's places in the world that the gospel is not preach, then you are deceived. I have had many conversations where I I clearly communicate the gospel to somebody, and I love to say, have you ever heard that before? Has anybody ever told you? And I've lost track of how many people have said to me, I've never heard that in my life. Most people associate a relationship with God based on what you can do for him. This is the antithesis to the gospel. This is the opposite of God's heart through his word and through the Bible. We are presenting to people that God has done the work and it's he that pursues you so that you can have a right relationship with him. It's he who's done it already. It's finished. And that blows people's minds that God doesn't require anything of you except simple faith. Because of his grace, not by works, lest any man should boast. So that's the focus for today. We're we're bringing it full circle. We're talking about missions. We're talking about international. What's missions? International discipleship. And this is a passion for me and for Grace living in in, on the mission field for 10 years and, and allowing you all to be a part of that in whatever capacity that looks like. I'm not saying that every single one of you have to come on a mission trip with us. You should. You're missing out if you don't. But we have different parts in the body. Some people pray. Do you know how bad we need prayer for our mission missionaries and mission trips? Some people can't go, but they're willing to send others. Like, yeah, you go. I don't want to go. God's given me the, the, the ability to support you to go. Some people go. Some people, maybe we'll get a few squirmers, <laughs> stay. And I was thinking about this on this trip. What if the exposure of international discipleship to one of the or two people on this team provokes the call of God in their lives to want to move to the mission field. Would I still take them? No, because I want them to stay here with me forever in Las Vegas. No, I would because, because we want to be putting our proverbial money where our mouth is. If we're a missions church, we're going to want to be, be praying people out, sending people out, going out, and supporting people that are out. International discipleship. 
And what we have is we have four of the people who are on the team that I'm going to call up here in just a minute, and I want them to share a little bit of their hearts about how the trip was, what happened. And the thing, this was an amazing trip for us, and the thing about this trip that was so amazing is that I love, I love that I love, and I love that that God allows us to be a part of revealing himself to people. Like when you can see God's hand moving in somebody's life, how powerful that is. And I get super duper excited when I get to see that and that be privileged that that God will allow me to be a part of that. And, And I'll say to you that we got to see that on this trip. We got to see people touched by the hand of God who have never heard the gospel before. They heard it and you could see the glimmer of hope in their eye when they see it. Because the yoke of bondage is what the world and Satan wants people to live under, a yoke of bondage. God says to the nation of Israel and to us, I've delivered you out of the household of bondage. I've set you free. I've broken your bonds. The first speaker at the European Pastors and Leaders Missions Conference that we served at the last week brought up three statistics to encourage the missionaries that were on the field to keep going. You know, it gets difficult and it gets lonely and it gets frustrating. Some of them have been there for 10 years. Some of them have been there for 15 years. Some of them have been there for 20 years. There's a handful of guys that I saw that I knew when we were on the mission field. They've been there for 30 years. Could you imagine? 30 years of witness in a place. And they come and they want to be, and we want to encourage them and bless them and send them back to where they know that they're supposed to be to have that witness. And he said this statistic, he gave three examples. The first one, he said Hungary is about 0.4% of the entire population. The country of Hungary is about, not that you're hungry, I know you are, but Super Bowl parties are, you know, you'll be fine soon. But the country of Hungary is 0.4% Bible-believing Christians. Italy is 0.5% of their entire population understand what the gospel, the biblical gospel is and and adhere to it, Bible-believing Christians. And, And I don't know why he picked us, but I like it. He said Croatia, Croatia, where we spent eight of our years planning a church, is how many people in Croatia do you think um, are believers and followers of, of the Lord, the biblical, the biblical definition? 0.02% of the entire population. And for me, that was the vast majority of people that I, that I love to ask, did you ever hear this before? We never heard this. This is news to us, and and it's good news, but they just, they don't know how to process it. So please, I just, as we have this missions day and this focus as a church for our heartbeat to be missions, I'm not asking you to do anything crazy or out of the ordinary. I'm not even going to provoke you or or guilt trip you. I just want to share part of our heart as a church with you. And and if there's anything I can provoke you to do, it's to be praying for these brothers and sisters who have given their lives 
to live away from their families, their friends, their home churches, to be a witness for the gospel in a place that is has such a tiny exposure to it. So I'm going to pray. After I pray, we're going to have those four people from the team come up. They're going to share a little bit about the trip with you, okay? Father, we thank you for this special day marking six years that you started your church. We don't want this to be about a name. We don't want it to be about a person or a group of people. We are your body. We want to be your hands and feet and to see your glory poured out in Las Vegas. To see your glory poured out into our lives on an individual level, on a corporate level, to be prepared by the baptizing of your Holy Spirit to go out into the world and to be that right representation of who you are. God, I pray that you bless each one of these, my brothers and sisters, as they come up and share. You give them the words and that you bless our time together as they share in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and come on up, guys. Hello, um, I'm Michael. Um, I just want to start this off by saying God is moving. Um, here, I've been seeing it recently. It's been amazing um, here in America, I mean, um, but also now getting to go out of the country, seeing it happen in other places, just one person at a time, the Holy Spirit getting a hold of them. And it was such a privilege to be able to see that and to be used by the Holy Spirit in that way. Um, I love the the whole sort of mission statement of this church or the whole like mindset of this church or at least what I feel it is is and what it's been even recently with the whole discipleship series and moving in now to like this missions sort of focus is like if we we need to be equipped and ready and willing to be used by the Holy Spirit um, and he will be faithful to use us and so that's kind of what I've seen as I've he's been equipping me and using me here and then being able to be sent out and getting to talk to some of these these people um, in in Croatia and um not not as much in Austria because you know we were serving and everything at the at the castle there, but um, it was so so cool. And and one of my favorite uh, favorite times on the trip was we were we were helping with the English class, and one of the people who me and um, Pastor Jason, the pastor of Calvary Chapel, Boulder City, um, we got to on our I think it was on our off day. We had a, we had a Sabbath day to take and just do whatever we wanted and. Uh, I think it was on that day in the evening we hung out with one of the students. His name was Blagoye. And during the class, you know, we got to talk to him and share a little bit of our testimony here and there. But he was like, you know, not the best with English and everything. But it was still really cool the way that God used us and was able to still translate, you know, the, his heart for relationship with, with him, with Blagoye. And so we got to hang out with him. We went to this little restaurant thing. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I don't even know what it what it was called because everything has crazy names there um but we were uh, we were hanging out with him and we actually we got to spend a few hours just like walking around the city with him and when we were in that restaurant you know talking about sports and talking about what life is like here in Vegas and for you know Pastor Jason what it's like in Boulder City you know and, and the differences even between those and how different the cultures are and getting to share some of the differences between Roman Catholic culture 
which is really what it is more than a religion i think i mean while it is that it's more of a the culture there is just it's roman catholic um if not atheist and agnostic um um so getting to kind of share the differences and and getting to share again like i said the the like God's heart for relationship with him. I think that was one of the most important things and one of the things that the Holy Spirit was really trying to convey um, to the people there because that's such a weird idea, the, the idea that God wants to have relationship with us. And it was, I don't know, I'm just privileged to have been a part of that and, and to be able to be used by him. And I think God really, even even though we didn't see a ton of people show up to the church service the Sunday after the class, um, we did see one, which was awesome, and I'll let them share more about that. Um, but it was so cool to even just just to know and to trust that God did a work even behind the scenes. Um, and so, yeah, if you could just be praying not only for the people who were a part of the class, um, but also for, like Pastor Tim said, for the, the um, pastors and the people who are living on the mission field. Um, just, I mean, they were encouraged by this, you know, this, this thing that we did, the... Um, conference that we did thank you um but as they go back out you know just be praying for them that they would be continue to be willing to be used and be submitted you know to god and what he wants to do through them so that's all i got i am short okay um i'm valerie um and like Michael said, like we did this English class and that was the coolest part um, of the trip for me was that we did this conversational English class. A lot of the Croatians, like they can speak pretty good English, like enough to, you know, have a conversation and they just need help with like the grammar and like the nitty gritty type stuff, which as an English major, that was fun for me. Um, <laughs> but it was cool because they came in to basically just practice talking and so we got paired up with these these Croatian people like one American to one Croatian more or less and just had like a list of prompts basically to just sit down and have a conversation I mean we kind of had like a week-long date with these people just but it was it was so cool because normally like in other mission trips like either you're there and you serve and it's short and then you go home and you did is great but you don't really get to connect with the people or if you do connect with them it's like over a longer period of time like the relationships happen naturally but for the sake of the English class what was so brilliant about it is that like there there were there were questions we were supposed to be having a conversation so we could just like dive right into the deep stuff like it's not every day that you can just go to a stranger and be like what are you most afraid of or what are your dreams like what do you want out of life and so it was cool that we got to connect with these people so quickly and like Michael said like we have um like a Sabbath day a day off um that Pastor Tim gave us and um like even though it was our day off and we weren't in an English class or serving or anything like we still went out and hung out with the students that we got paired up with and um just saw their life and they took us around the city in their favorite places and it was just so cool to connect and build relationship so quickly but so deeply um and that we were able to share our stories and our testimony um, through that. And God was just so faithful throughout the whole trip um, from the, the luggage getting there safely and the weather was great and nobody got sick or hurt or anything like that. And it was it was just cool watching God just work through the people and being faithful. So that was my favorite part.
Hello. Uh, good morning, everybody. My name is Ricky, and um, God is so good, and it was so clear to see that on this trip. Um, I love mission trips. I love that we're a missionary church, and that that is our heart, a, a large part of what we do here. And so um, it was very clear uh, to to see that while we were there, it was divine appointment after divine appointment after divine appointment. And um, like we've all said, every person that we met, it was clear that God put them before us to to meet with that person and to just connect with them and to share with them. And I mean, of all the creation people that we could meet, um, one of my uh, creation students, um, she was a history teacher and I'm an English major. So in history and English kind of go hand in hand. And like it was just so easy at that point to have a conversation and to connect on a practical level. And then to move on and share with her uh, my testimony and the gospel and how God has transformed my life. So the English class was amazing, um, so simple and just so effective. Um, but my favorite part of the trip was uh, last year for Vacation Bible School. Um, we did a missions-themed Vacation Bible School. And so the, throughout the week, we were talking about missions and God's heart for missions and, and why he sends us out to go and share the gospel with everybody and in one of the classes what um the the kids here learned and what your children learned was um we introduced them to all of the missionaries that we support um specifically as a church so the ones in ethiopia the ones in croatia and and the ones in austria and what we had them do was we had them write letters to some of the uh the pastors over there in um, Croatia and in Austria. And what we were able to do was we were able to go on this trip and hand deliver the letters to these people and just to see their countenance just brighten and they were so surprised and you could tell that, you know how when you're just having a terrible day and, and you just need to hear that one person say, hey, I'm praying for you or I'm thinking about you or, or God is in control. Like that's what this was for them. It was just revitalizing for them. So to be able to see their faces um, and and to be impacted by the work that we were able to do over here, like like that was not hard. All I did was give the kids construction paper and they drew on it and wrote, you know, funny things. And, and, and it was so easy, right? And so uh, what I love about God's heart towards missions is that we can be involved over here. It, it doesn't have to be, going out although that's amazing and it's good and i encourage you to do that but i also encourage us to you know figure out how we can be involved here and how we can pray for them and how we can support them and how we can connect with them right they all have instagram and facebook so like we're able to connect thousands of miles away it's just amazing it blows my mind so to be able to give them those letters and to to see them encouraged by that um, by the work that we do over here, by the support that we give them here was uh, my favorite part of the trip. Thank you. Hey, all. It's good to be back. We missed you, even though, you know, we only miss one Sunday. It's still feel like far away. I miss my kids. So it's good to be back. And it's always, you know, such a blessing to be able to reconnect with people. For Tim and I, you know, serving over there for, like you said, about 10 years, there was a lot of relationships that were formed, you know, 20 years ago for us. 
while we were dating, while we were engaged, while we were church planning. And really, when we think of the pastors and the missionaries over there, we think of family. You know, we think of people that we served alongside, that we cried together, we were blessed together, you know. And for us, like a large part of our missions oriented church focus is to engage in those relationships. Just like we engage in relationship in our local church, like we have the opportunity to engage in those relationships on a larger scale. And really, the blessing of that is knowing that this relationship, whether it's a relationship that we have with people over there or the relationship that you have with the person sitting next to you this morning, is that it's an eternal relationship. Whatever you invest in the person next to you, you're investing for eternity. And this body that God has formed, like this, this holy priesthood that he's anointed, is really an amazing thing that we get to come alongside each other and we get to say, you know, we represent our Savior together. And that's why, you know, Paul said, like, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you, making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. And that fellowship of the gospel that we have, that we've each been entrusted with it. You know, like these guys were saying, they had these divine appointments that came up because we've all been given the gospel. You know, we We have the opportunity to encourage one another to be those ambassadors for Jesus, to go out into Las Vegas or go out into wherever the Lord has called us and to represent him to a world that desperately needs him. And so, you know, that coupling, that balance of being outward focused, but also being church focused is kind of a hard balance to strike. Sometimes we're like, it's all about the church. Sometimes we're like, it's all about evangelism, but really we're called to be all about both. And that's how we're going to be able to be a right representation of who he is. Because Jesus said, the world's going to know you for your love for one another. So I think just my encouragement to us locally from being able to re-engage in these, you know, relationships that we've been blessed to have for so long is just to know that whatever you pour into your neighbor, you know, Um, The person in your church here is going to be a lasting investment, and you're going to see the benefit of that, you know, whether it's in what you invested in them, they're able to be equipped and go out, or just the strengthening of your own heart from that relationship. So be a good body. Amen. All right. Thanks, guys. Go away now. We had an amazing team. Like this team that we had was so great, um, such a blessing. I told you guys that we had a lot of spiritual warfare leading up to the trip, and it, and I really believe it was because um, things were going to go so well on the trip. And not only did they go so extremely well, but the leadership um, in Austria and of course our missionaries that support us in or that we support in in Croatia 
Um, but specifically for the conference, they they asked us if we would come back again and serve next year at the pastors' conference in January. So, with that said, because we have planners, we do have a sign-up sheet at the information station. I know it's a year away, but it is something to look forward to. If you'd like to come over on a trip with us to go, um, we'll be going back to Zagreb again. We'll probably be stopping and spending some time in Salzburg again. And then we'll also be at the pastor's conference in, in Milstadt, Austria for, for about five days or so. If you're interested, and even if it's just something that you need to put down to paper and, and spend some time in prayer about, there's a sign-up sheet at the information station. I'd encourage you to do that. And if not, then that's okay. But I would also, again, really like to encourage you to be praying for those people who take those steps of faith, even in signing up for a trip that's a year away to see all that God has in store for them. Amen. We have a bunch of pictures for you. I want you to see how it went. Like I said, this is a special service. We are going to get into the word and look at what international discipleship looks like. But before that, we're going to go through a bunch of different slides and I'm going to introduce you to some of these people and um, tell you a little bit more about how it went. So here's our team. That's the day we left Las Vegas. That's Pastor Jason in the middle. He's uh, the pastor of Calvary Chapel, Boulder City. Um, we do open this up. I've opened this up in the past to other Calvary chapels in Las Vegas area to encourage them if they have people or if they want to come themselves, that they can join us. Pastor Jason brought a couple people from his church in Boulder City. And in true form, he is on his cell phone in that last picture. Because the first time we took that picture last year, he came last year as well. He was also on his phone and he happened to get a phone call. So we're going to have to do that every year now. You can go ahead to the next picture. Here's our team in Zagreb. This is at one of the high points of the city by where the parliament is looking over the city. It was pretty chilly, but there we are um, in Zagreb, which was the first part of our trip. This is, uh, this is our team members here on the bottom, and then some of the other team members uh, at, the, at the conference center on top. That's Imre. Uh, Grace and I actually went to Bible college with Imre in Hungary um, 18 years ago. Um, that's Dom in the middle. He's an Italian guy that was working as a barista in the coffee shop for the conference. And these two girls over here, the one is a, an Italian girl that came up to serve at the conference. And the girl over there on the right is, is an American, a daughter of American missionaries in Italy that is, they're, they're pastoring a church there in northern Italy. And she also came up to help out with the conference. Here's a picture of the team with Ben. Ben's the bald guy over on the right. Ben and his wife, Emily, are the, are the couple that are planting the church in the capital of Croatia, Zagreb. They're the ones that we went to go support. We're having lunch here together, hanging out. Our first, I think it was our, yeah, our first day we just arrived in, in Zagreb. Here's Ben again in front of the church space that they have there in, in Zagreb. And on the, on the poster, you can see, I'll translate for you, it says, for free, um, interactive, conversational English and, and people to the to the class and then if you see the little people walking back and forth the little text bubble says with real americans <laughs> i'd like you to know that we were the real americans there was no fake americans on this trip here's uh ricky and michael uh, we did a deep clean for the church one day. That's something that we, we do for them or we do for other churches. We've done for the Calvary Chapel Spital in Austria as well. If we go and we, we can block out uh, half a day or a whole day, we'll go in with cleaning supplies and we'll deep clean their whole church space and do whatever we can. Here's some of the girls doing the baseboards and the walls. 
Here's Ben. Uh, what, what would happen at this, this English class that we had for these Croatian students is most of the Croatian students are, um, they're, they're not kids. They're usually uh, in their 20s, 30s, or 40s. And these are people who, who have careers. They want to exercise. They want to learn. They want to hone in their English so they can speak English better. Croatia is a tourism-driven economy. So the better they can speak English, the, the better they can do in, the, in their profession. So we had these people that came, and, and Ben would teach a, a, a grammatical section at the very beginning. He would teach how to speak or say certain things in Croatian, and then they would follow up with this time of splitting up into smaller groups and having one-on-one conversations, as, as they said. And the, the really beneficial thing to that is, is that we're not tricking anybody. We're not trying to, to bait and switch them. We, we said, if you want to speak English with us on a conversational level, come, but we're telling you what we're going to speak about. Like, we're setting... And we get to set questions like, what's the meaning of life? What's your purpose in life? What are your dreams? What are your biggest fears? And the really cool thing about this is these people are not only willing to talk about these things, but it's an amazing open door to just very naturally, very easily share the gospel with them, which happened over and over again. Here's the last day. We had two classes every day, one at 10 o'clock in the morning, one at seven o'clock at night. The students were different in each classes based on their work schedules and whatnot. Here's the night class and those who got their diplomas for finishing the course. And then um, here we fast forward to the next week. This is at the castle. The, the girl on the right is a young lady whose parents are missionaries in Rome. Um, we visit the Harrell family almost, you know, as frequently as we can because we can get really cheap tickets flying into Rome. We go see her family. They've been there. I think it has to be pushing 20 years now. Brent is a, is a good friend of mine, and that's his daughter. Grace and her were in the dining room area. They were filling salt shakers, so that was their, that was their, serving, their serving opportunity. Next slide, here's, uh, this is Pastor Jason in Calvary Chapel, Boulder City, and this is Ivan Ibbotson. Ivan is, uh, was raised on the mission field in Austria. His parents were missionaries. He moved back to the States to Seattle and was living there, met his wife, got married, and they felt a calling to move back to Austria to plant a church, and they moved to Spital. I'm sorry, Salzburg, Austria, and started a church. We met, I introduced Jason to Ivan last year when we went. They kind of hit it off, and, and Jason at their church in Calvary Chapel, Boulder City, they have a, a knitting, no, a quilting ministry. They, they quilt, they make, how do you quilt, make a quilt? They make a quilt by quilting uh, hundreds a year, and, and they give them out as, as a ministry to different people. They made Ivan and his family this quilt, which has an atlas of the world on the back, and then on the front you can see it has uh, the, the Austrian flag and some missions themed and some Bible verses and stuff. So they quilted that, and, and Jason's presenting it to Ivan there, and they wanted to be weird, so they're kind of like snuggling in it like a blanket. So that's not that's on them, not me. And then here we have the chapel, Christian Church. This is Pastor Ivan, his wife, and their four daughters. 
Um, I think that they've been coming up on, I think about 10 years that they've been in Salzburg since they planted that church. And there are people that, that have our hearts and that we pray for and, and want to support. And then here we have uh, Jason and Kevin, which were who were on the team over there. They had the, the big sink dish duty. So the big pots and pans. We went through a ton of, um, of plates and and over a, we had about 130 people that we served so all the guys on the team were in the dish room all the ladies served either in dining or the coffee shop and here they are in front of the big sink where they do the big ones this guy on the on the on the left here is an Iranian guy who was able to immigrate to Austria because of uh, persecution, religious persecution. So he's able to come to Austria and he got his Austrian citizenship so that he, he didn't ha have his, because of his life being threatened in Iran. And then here's another clip of, of some of the kitchen crew. Uh, we have uh, Jason was doing dishes and then everybody else here on the right, they were, besides Kevin over there on the far right, they were doing food prep, making the meals for everybody. Go ahead to the next one. Here's Ricky getting some dishes. Good job, Ricky. Or putting them away. Here's a, uh, I was blessed to be able to help with some of the cooking as well. And Imre and I made the chili this one night for, uh, for, uh, for all of the pastors and the people that were at the, there at the conference. There's some lasagna that this guy on the right is an Italian guy from, I, I, I believe he's from Sicily, but um, he came up to the conference to cook for all the different pastors and leaders. And there's some of the stuff. There's a tiramisu in the works. Jason ate way too much. If he's watching online, you need to go on a diet, brother. I was there. I saw you eat all that stuff. There's Grace sweeping. She does such a good job. Here's the guys in the dish room. That was a little dish room with an industrial dishwasher, and they would just, as hundreds of dishes and, and plates and forks and knives and cups would come through, pitchers, they would clean them up and get them all ready for the next meal, three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Here's the crew. The girls over on the right were girls that were there serving. The one on the far right, her name was Esther. She was over the dining room area. She's from Oregon, super sweet girl. She's staying there serving through the conference season this summer and then going back home to Oregon at the end of the summer. And then here's a picture of the far end. It's kind of hard to tell, but the castle's pretty big. And and here, here's the, the middle of the room or the end of the room at the far end. And then all the tables of all the different pastors having their meal as they were sitting down after one of the sessions and getting ready to have their meal and then go up to one of the next sessions. Here's the sanctuary with all the different pastors and leaders uh, in worship. There's Vicky. She was on our team also. We were able to help on Friday with the what we call turnaround, which means conference is over, everybody's left. We go through in the entire property and, and do all the beds, all the sinks, all the bathrooms, all the toilets. We clean everything to make sure it's all ready for the next conference that's coming in because they were cleaning and getting ready for that. Here's a shot of the, looking down into the, the town of Milstadt. It's in the Austrian Alps. It's absolutely gorgeous. Here's the team getting a little bit of a break and walking down into the town to get some ice cream or whatever they're going to get. And then here's Ben and Emily. This is in Zagreb receiving the letters from our kids from the Vacation Bible School. And if you can't tell, look, they're really excited. You guys see that they're excited? Is it just me? So thank you for the kids and for you parents who brought your kids to VBS. They were blessed. We are thankful. And then this last picture, I believe, I think, is a video. Okay. You didn't do, okay, you did Ivan and the family after? Okay.
So here's a video of Ivan, Ivan and his wife and their kids thanking you guys for those letters and encouragement from the Vacation Bible School. You already recording? Yes. <laughs> I'll cut it. Go for it. Take one. Hey, kids at Paradise Calvary Chapel. I'm Pastor Ivan. This is Michelle. And then over to the far left, we have Ella, Noli, Emery, Lacey. And we want to say thank you so much for all this incredible artwork and the nice notes on here for you guys thinking about us. And so we pray that God blesses you guys and maybe we'll get to meet each other one day. <laughs> All right? Auf Wiedersehen. Cheers. There they are. So uh, we, we want to show you guys that so that you can continue to be praying for Ivan and his family, praying for Ben and Emily and their family. They have two small kids. Praying for the pastors and leaders at that conference that went back to their respective cities and countries that they are and 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 thank you for allowing us not only to go but allowing us to really express our heart and this is a special sunday for me like i already mentioned for many reasons but really one of the th the things that i get the most excited about is that we are a church that has the heart of god for the nations that we're not so selfish just to be Christians for our own benefit, but that we can take it. We can give it to those around us in, in the city. We can take it further than that, and we can even go to the ends of the earth, which is what we're going to talk about right now for the last, you know, this last part of the service. In Acts chapter 1, as I mentioned, rounding out and finishing up this discipleship series, missions being really international discipleship making disciples of all nations here we have in acts chapter one the foundation that was laid by jesus himself for what missions should look like in the church and how our motivation what our motivation should be and what it looks like so starting in acts chapter one verse four Let's start in verse 2, verse 1. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now listen to this. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, what we see here in the beginning of the book of Acts is the beginning of the church. The beginning of the body of Christ, those who are, are reconciled back to God through faith in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And the first thing that he says to them also applies to us so frequently, many in many different times and in many ways. But what's the first thing that he says to them? He says, wait in Jerusalem. 
wait in Jerusalem. In verse 7, he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witness to you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So the first thing he commands them to do is to wait in Jerusalem. And how many of you like to wait? You guys all enjoy waiting, right? Waiting in line. You go to Disneyland and wait for an hour to go on one ride. You're crazy. But God says, he says, I have, I've ordained everything for its, for its certain time, to the, to the day, to the minute. And I need you, I want you to wait for the right time that I'm going to give you the gift. And specifically, he says, the gift of God is the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm going to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Don't leave Jerusalem. Don't try to go out and, and figure it out and start doing stuff until you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this is something that we need to understand as believers even today. This was thousands of years ago, but today we need the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives before we try to go out those doors and do anything in the name of God. We had better because we cannot represent God without the power and the presence of his Holy Spirit. We had better not. Have you ever heard people say, you know, taking the Lord's name in vain is, is like GD? Well, that's not good, but that's not really the heart of what's being communicated when it says don't take the Lord your God's name in vain. It's saying that you're going to do something in God's name that he never asked you to do. It's history. It's these crusades. It's these wars that people did, that people went on for their own benefit to kill other people that God never called them to do. He says, wait for the Holy Spirit because for us, when we're being influenced by walking in the Holy Spirit, we produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit and you cannot fake the fruits of the Spirit. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Do you know what the fruits of the Spirit? How many of you can fake being patient? Patience. <laughs> I'm like, get out of my face. I can't, it's very hard to fake it. How many of you can fake love? You can try for a little bit, but why is it so hard to love people? Because people stink. Who likes people? Nobody likes people. People are hard. People are difficult. But by the power of the indwelling of the Spirit of God, we are able to love each other. By the power of the indwelling of the Spirit of God, you're able to love people that are unlovable, that, that you wouldn't be able to apart from the Spirit of God. And this is one of the most incredible things about the Bible. And I want to try to put it together for you really quickly and try, try to wrap your minds around this. At that time in history, where did the presence of God dwell? Now we know God's omniscient, he's omnipresent, but, but as far as his, his presence, he, he, he ordained a place. And where was that place? It was in 
Jerusalem. It was in the temple, and you guys nailed it. It was in the Holy of Holies. It was on the, the, the mercy seat, right? That's where the presence of God dwelt. And up until that point, the whole world was given opportunity, and, and mostly they were Jews, but, but converts to Judaism or proselytes were also welcome. And if they wanted to go into the presence of God, where did they go? They went to Jerusalem, they observed the feasts, and they got close to the temple where, where the, the presence of God dwelt. Okay, that's where it was, a geographical location that people were were required to travel to to encounter the, the presence of God. But then Jesus says, it's more beneficial for me to leave than it is for me to stay. Because wherever I am, I can only have so many people around me. He can feed crowds of of 4,000, 5,000. He can have crowds of tens of thousands. But he's an individual person. And he says, it's more beneficial for me to leave than for me to stay. Because when I leave, after the sanctifying work of Jesus Christ on the cross, when I leave, then the Father will give the promise of the Holy Spirit. And when you believe and receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which you become, Paul says in Corinthians and other places in the New Testament, you become the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was not able to indwell them in previous times, not until the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection. Now the promise of the Father comes and the Holy Spirit indwells you and you become the temple of God. Then we have Matthew chapter 28, where instead of God requiring everybody to come to Jerusalem, to the temple where his presence is, he takes his little temples, you guys get it? You little temples, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And he says, go into all the world. He's no longer requiring a geographical location to be in his presence. He's given his presence to you and he's called you to go out. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill is not hid. You don't put a a candle under a bushel basket. You let it shine. So this is the power of the Holy Spirit in somebody's life that This is the power of God in a believer's life that he's not only called you to be the temple, he's called you to be a building, he sent you out to be his presence. This is, this is what your life looks like according to the New Testament, according to Jesus. He says, stay in Jerusalem. and You will receive the Holy Spirit you will be baptized from the Holy Spirit. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You know that Greek, the word in the Greek for power here in this verse is uh, dunamis. It's the same word in the Greek that we get our English word dynamite. You will receive explosive power when you receive the Holy Spirit. How many of you have moments of weakness? How many of you feel sometimes like inadequate and weak and, and like, like a loser? Do you know that this is the opposite of God's heart and intention for you? By the power and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, he wants you to have life and the power to step out into what he's called you to do. Now, we sometimes, we, we don't understand that and we don't embrace it. We don't live in it. But the reality is, if you are a believer, the heart of God for you is to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
and not just the power of the Holy Spirit to your own personal individual benefit, but for the benefit of your friends, to the benefit of your families, to the benefit of your co-workers, to the benefit of a, of a world that does not know him. Where does this power come from? Where do you get this power? Why are you different from everybody else? And what's the purpose for this power as a disciple of Jesus Christ receiving the gift of the Father, the Holy Spirit? This is the purpose. You, are, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. This is important to me because my whole Christian life, I've shared with you my testimony before, but my whole Christian life, there's been one cry of my heart to God over and over and over and over again. I said, God, I just want to represent you correctly. I look at the world and I see all of the things that the world does in God's name, these institutionalized religions and these people who, who they think that it's more important to do things for God rather than to just be obedient to what he's called them to do. And it breaks my heart. My prayer for our church is that we would be a church that is a witness of who he is. And the power of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit will, will create and give us opportunity to be witnesses of the goodness of God, witnesses of the good news, witnesses of the love of God that's been poured out into our hearts and that we have the uh, privilege of pouring out into other people's hearts. In fact, it's a good prayer to pray every morning when you wake up. Every morning when I wake up, God, allow me to be a right representative of who you are. Align my heart with your heart. Align me with your word so that I don't do and say things that I think are cute or I think are funny or I think are profitable. Allow me to be so aligned with you that I do the things that rightfully represent you. This is the calling of the early church. This is the calling of discipleship. And he does not ask you to do it in and of your own means. He doesn't say to you, figure it out. He doesn't say to you, work it out. He doesn't say to you, do it. I'm commanding you. He says, I've given you, I've given you the, the, the opportunity. I've given you the equipping by my spirit to be a witness of who I am. And then he says this thing. He, he says to be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and the end of the earth. This is a global commissioning. This is not localized to Jerusalem. You see what's happening again. It's not a gathering together. And I wish we had more time to talk about this because this is really rich for us. It's not a gathering together of everybody in Jerusalem. It's just sending out. It's a, this city, you can't be good witnesses for Jesus in Jerusalem and go to Samaria or to Judea until you're being a good witness for him in Jerusalem. And Las Vegas is your Jerusalem. The people that you're around on a daily basis that you work with, your family, your friends, the, the supermarket, that is your Jerusalem that Jesus says, I give you my spirit and power to be my witness to these people around you. And you cannot go to Judea. You cannot go to Samaria 
until you start in Jerusalem. You start here. You can't say, I'd like to go on a mission trip. I'm going to put my name on that. And I'm going to be your witness in Croatia next year. And I get a year off. Whew. I don't have to be your witness here. I'll just be, you know, looking forward to and maybe thinking about what, I, what that's going to look like when I go on that mission trip next year. You can't be, it's, it's not possible. You don't even know how to be a witness for him over there if you're not doing it here. And what's the next thing? He says, Jerusalem and then, and then Judea. You can't be a witness for him in Henderson until you start being a witness for him in Las Vegas first. Henderson, the next step. Or, or Mexico on a mission trip, or CDO, Calvary Downtown Outreach, or uh, uh, outreach ministry across the street in Sunset Park. You can't take those next steps of discipleship, of witness, until you're doing it where God's planted you, where you're supposed to be. Then you go to the next place. And then Samaria? You guys know how the Jews felt about the Samaritans? They were dogs! They were half-breeds. They were the people that the Jews didn't like. Have you ever shared the gospel with somebody before that you didn't like? <laughs> Did you ever love somebody that you didn't like? Did you ever pray for somebody that you couldn't stand? That's you. Even if you're not telling them, you should be telling them, but even if you're not, that's you being a witness and you can't do it without the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. And then moving on from Samaria, where do we go after Samaria in the text? The, to the ends of the earth. And some of you guys, you are meant to be in the body of Christ. We have hands and feet and mouths and eyes and all of those things. He is the head. In the body of Christ, there are some of you who are meant to be prayers. And I don't want you to go next year or any of these trips if God's called you to stay here with the stuff and pray. Some of you are senders. Maybe you're not going to go, but God's given you the means to help somebody that doesn't have the means to go out and fulfill that calling. And some people are goers. And, and like I mentioned already, some people are stayers. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But this is what the church is supposed to look like. This is international discipleship, that we don't get so self-focused on ourselves about what God's doing here and how we're going to figure out what we're doing next and, and how we're going to grow into an, our new building or whatever, all that baloney. God's going to take care of that stuff. We have to worry about what he's called us to do, and what he's called us to do is to be his witnesses, is to be right representations of who he is. Is that motivation for you? I want to be, and I know that, that as a church, we want to be right representations of him. Flip with me, if you will, over to Acts chapter 7. We'll finish up with this, and then we'll receive the elements of communion together. Here we have the first martyr of the church, a disciple by the name of Stephen, who's given an opportunity to preach the gospel to his Jewish brethren. And he spends almost two whole chapters going through the history and presenting them with the gospel. And in the end, what they do is they reject the message that he has and they stone him to death. And here we pick up in chapter 7 toward the end. 
verse 57. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopping their ears and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Do you know how Stephen can say that? Because this is the evidence of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I tell you what, without the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to be evoking or, or pronouncing a blessing on somebody who's throwing rocks at my face. I'm going to be like trying to get them and throw them back. I don't know what I would do. But with the, with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you will do things sap, supernaturally that you would not be able to do otherwise. And then look at this, verse eight, or chapter 8, verse 1. Now Saul was consenting to his death. And at that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. What's happening in the early church in Jerusalem now? They're being driven out because of what? Persecution. Their lives are being threatened and they're running away. But look at where they go. Did anybody take note and see where they're going? They're going to Judea and Samaria, the very places Jesus said, once you've been a witness for me in Jerusalem, go to Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. And look at what happens. So they're, they're, they're being persecuted. They're being killed. They're being pursued. In verse 4, Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere, preaching the word. I have this in my Bible, circled and underlined multiple times so much that I can barely read the words. Do you know why? Because in the face of life-ending persecution, they are still being a witness of who God is everywhere they go. They're running, and sometimes it's fine, maybe it's okay to run, but they don't stop preaching God's word. And I know I'm coming on heavy, with you guys, the beginning of this year, 2020. I know that we've been focusing a lot on discipleship. We've been focusing on what that means for us, about us discipling others, about international discipleship. But this is what the church looks like. And if we don't like it, I'm sorry. But this is what the church looks like. And what this should provoke in us is a crying out to God for the presence and power of his Holy Spirit so that we too can be his witnesses, so that we can testify of him and of his goodness. And even in, in the threat of, of death, we can bless others. We're probably not going to be in that kind of position. Maybe someday, I don't know. But if we're practicing being a witness for God today, when that day comes, if it comes, it's not going to be a big deal. We know what to expect. Jesus paid the price. It's over. It's done. And now all we have to do is to take the gift of the Holy Spirit and that power that he gives us through the Holy Spirit and offer it to others in boldness. And I pray that that would be our heart as a church Considering and wrapping up this thought of, of discipleship, 
And as the worship team comes up, we're going to have a time of uh, communion this morning. It's Communion Sunday. So while the worship team is playing, I want to invite you, if you are a professing believer in Jesus Christ, listen, if you're not a believer, then don't, don't come up and take it. This is not meant for you. This is, this is the body of Jesus that was broken and the new covenant in his blood that we're recognizing and we're proclaiming his death until he comes. So while the worship team is playing, come on up and receive those elements of communion and then return to your seats and we'll stand together and receive them together. Father, thank you for this special Sunday, six years getting to know you as a congregation, as a fellowship seeing you do great and mighty things in people's lives around us, in our fellowship, but even outside of our fellowship, even in different parts of the world and the privilege of us being allowed to, able to be a part of it. Thank you for my brothers and sisters, Father, and thank you that that they have ears to hear what you have to speak to us today. And prepare our hearts as we go back into our study of Matthew, the Forsaken Kingdom series next week. Prepare our hearts for the words that you have for us in this season. Hey guys, I just want to give you an opportunity today. I know that we've gone a little bit over, but I, but I really feel compelled to, to give you two opportunities, really. Number one, if you've never made a public confession of Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and received the power of the Holy Spirit to live abundant life. And you want to, you want to make that commitment today. I want to pray for you. So if that's you, if you would raise your hand high up in the air so that I could pray together with you and maybe we can talk afterwards. I know that you would experience the greatness, the goodness of God through that profession and repentance of personal sin in your life. Does anybody anybody at all want to receive that for their for the first time that hasn't? The second thing I want to ask you is this is something that we don't talk about enough. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. You receiving the gift of the Father. Now when you professed faith in Jesus Christ, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit, but we need to be living on a daily basis in the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit before, if you if you just need that, that fresh anointing, that fresh empowering of the Spirit, I want to pray for you this morning. So if you would raise your hand up high for the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want to pray for you. Anybody else? I want to pray for us as a church. I see your hands. Anybody else? We need it, church. You need it. I can't make you do it. Father, I pray for these who have raised their hands for the empowering of your Spirit. And God, if, if, if they've not experienced this before, I pray now that you would pour out your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name on their lives and that they would experience the, the explosive power of your, the indwelling of your Holy Spirit in their lives. 
And just like in the book of Acts, they would experience the boldness that comes with the indwelling of your Holy Spirit. And that they would take steps of faith that they didn't even know were there before. And that they would experience you on a level that they've never seen before. And that they would be able to be your witnesses to a degree that they never thought they could before. And that we as your church, as individuals, but as your church, we would also be rightfully representing who you are, your heart for mankind, humankind, your heart for people of this world, your heart for us to know you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.